Hello and welcome back to the Couch Jam Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. Matt, how are you doing? I think I'm still hyped from 12 hours ago, the ending to Dallas, Houston. So like, I'm still on this very high, high. After like some 150 days, (laughs) we are back with official NBA basketball. We don't have to talk about ridiculous things such as coach of the year. Uh, No, no. This is fantastic. This is so much better. It's a million times better. Actual games. Actual games. Actual sports. It's amazing. I think I watched like like five games of basketball yesterday and it was one of the best days ever. Yeah. Best quarantine days ever. It's, oh man, I can't believe we're actually talking about basketball. We're here. It's yep. happening. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at uh, NBA Couch GM Pod. And you can also find us uh, on Instagram at Couch GM Podcast. Um, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and Stitcher. If you haven't already, give us a review. That would be awesome. Uh, last week, we t- our last episode wasn't last week uh we were talking about prepping for the bubble restart uh who is in or out um and lots of other fun things that were that was bubble related matt we actually have nba news like things are happening it's not just like oh well we're talking about this bubble thing yeah and some of this is a little late because we took a few weeks off because we were just letting the basically preseason happen um because we didn't want to overreact too much to pre borderline preseason games but um so yeah we're back game started back up um a couple days ago now so a couple little bits though just because it's fun to talk about some of this even though it's a little oldish is the um lemon pepper lou <laughs> lou will drama um leaving the bubble which was fine and then stopping at magic city it was for- like a it was like for a funeral, wasn't it? I I can't remember if his was a funeral. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was like a family friend or something. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, I'm not saying right after funeral. I'm not meaning to get his timeline all mixed up because like that's very serious. But like then he goes to Magic City to get some delicious looking wings. <laughs> I'll just say that. Like I saw the pictures. Those things look incredible. Um, and and to have a dance. Um. <laughs> You know, and and then he had a quarantine for like ten days, and he's still in quarantine. Um, back in the bubble, but like, the, again, that food looked incredible. Look compared to the Disney food, so I don't blame Lou Will too much. The Clippers are still pretty good without him. Um, other things, just a, a couple bits. I'm not gonna talk on this one too much, but Jonathan Isaac, the Orlando Magic, said things the other day. Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets said things the other day. Um, Jonathan Isaac's getting more news. Michael Porter Jr. said stupider things, but, you know. And got banned from Snapchat. (laughs) Um, So I would say you can still find the videos. Go watch them for yourself. You can form your own opinions on those. Um, And the last bit of news, we can talk on this one for a minute is Tommy Tibbs, Tom Thibodeau, is the new head coach of your New York Knickerbockers. This is this is incredible. This right. is this is the best. <laughs> you, you want you want my take on this, Matt? Yes, I do. So bad. 
Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about the freaking New York Knicks in 2020? RJ Barrett's knees care. Okay. <laughs> that poor guy is going to have to run 50 stadiums in the in Madison <laughs> Square Garden for not playing defense. And guess what? He's going to get fired in two seasons. That's The New York Knicks have officially put a timeline on when Tom Thibodeau is going to get fired. You got two years, and then he's going to be collecting a check for the next three. Like, it's incredible. This is Tom Thibodeau. You're like, you should have asked for a longer deal because you're only making <laughs> get it. Get a longer get buyout. A, get an eight-year deal. You know, something like that. But So, like, I'm not sad Tibbs is back in the league. I, again, I've said this before, Was I think he's going to be making a great assistant coach in the league. I just don't want him to be my head coach anymore. Unless he comes out and he's just, like, not a different dude, but, like, he's reformed his style of how he wants basketball played and how he manages just the team outside of games. This isn't going to go well. Like, this just isn't going to go well. So if we get this reinvented Tom Thibodeau that's got the good of the old and some new refresh takes then i don't know maybe this isn't a complete train wreck either way it's not working if working is getting to the playoffs but you know like i don't know it could be a step in the right direction i'm assuming not i'm like 95 percent sure it's not like but i'll give him a window of hope i guess i'm, I'm less optimistic about this and you're not optimistic about i'm it, not so, no so that tells you where i'm at right like, this is 99 percent failing oh yeah I, I might even be in the hundred percent failing <laughs> at this point. Like whatever the Knicks do now, it's just it's just awful. Like it's just terrible. Like what are we gonna like who are they gonna draft? Lamelo Ball? Surprise, he doesn't play defense. defense. Yeah, I think the problem is this is not a team that's getting major free agents because one, it's the Knicks. Two, it's Tom Thibodeau. Like what's his reputation? Like at this point, like he he likes the guys they have on the roster. He likes the Bobby Portis. Taj Gibson, Julius oh, Randle types, not just because they're big men, but because like they're like that middle class, like blue collar, hard working players, right? That's what he wants. And could you get to the eight seed in the East if you had a really good selection of those type of guys? Sure, maybe because the East. And at this point, the eight seed in the East is just whomever. So, like, could you maybe somewhat get there if you just get the right guys and you avoid injuries? Sure, but, like, that's a lot of ifs. And you're assuming those guys even want to play for Tibbs. Like, Jimmy, like, had some nice things to say about Thibodeau after he got hired. Jimmy ain't going to, you know, it's New York. Or he's not telling guys to go to New York, though. Like, Save yourself. Remember, like, could you imagine if like Zach Levine ends up getting traded to New York? I'm very serious. Like, retire, Zach. You, you've made enough money. Like, retire. It's just like the worst. Uh, I don't. I don't get this hire. Like, it, reportedly, there were a couple young assistant coaches who really impressed the Knicks throughout this process. Why not? Why not go with them? Yeah. Like, what are you losing in this, like, You're not process? losing any more games, I can tell you that. Like, it's, you're pretty much the bottom of the barrel at this point. Like, you're either going to stay the same, or, hey, you might actually win some games. You might win 15 games next season. Yeah. What an improvement. Yeah. It's, I, would you rather have Tom Thibodeau as your head coach, or Jason Kidd as your head coach? Can I just, can I, like... Can R.J. Barrett be the coach? (laughs) There has to be a third option there where neither one of those are on my coaching... Those people are on my coaching staff, right? Um, Probably. That's the thing. It's like, 
you see like a team like Memphis, Paul, like Taylor Jenkins, and everyone's like, who is Taylor Jenkins? It's like, yeah, he's just a really good assistant coach for a really good team who's been under the tutelage of some really good coaches. And what do you know? You put him with some like competent players, and all of a sudden, like, there may be a playoff team in Memphis now. It's like, I'm not saying there's a ton of Taylor Jenkinses around the league, but if you're good at your job as a you know manager like general manager you can find some of those guys right like even a james borrego you could go find a james borrego type somewhere like whether it's antonio or now you can look across at milwaukee or la or boston or something you could find those guys and it just doesn't really seem like they cared to they interviewed a few guy from denver but like ultimately they obviously chose not to so kind of tells you they think they're still like a close team I think this is what that's the message since they think they're still close because you don't hire Tom Thibodeau to get you to 20 wins and then 25 and then 35 like over the next three years like you hire him to win like 40 games plus so I think that tells you where they think they are I guess that's a good point is that their James Dolan and company is pretty delusional about what the state of their organization's yes. in um, because their roster right now does not match that of a playoff team dumpster fire it's I mean, just that absolute dumpster fire like don't be wrong like tom thibodeau is gonna love frank nilakita like cool <laughs> at least he's gonna get more minutes right that's a positive yeah, he's gonna be like chris dunn um so like yeah it's just the rest of the roster is not built out for this if all those guys have player options like decline them all <laughs> Like, just straight up decline them. Like, even with COVID and who knows with financials, like, you might just decline it. Get like, out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah, Julius Randle, I think, is going to have a rude awakening about this whole situation. But, <coughs> you know, is what it is. Fun. This is what happens when you sign with the Knicks in the first place. So. <laughs> you kind of, yeah, that's that's a good point. You, you're you already burying your own, or uh, digging your own grave there. <laughs> Enough about crapping on the New York Knicks. We made it like five minutes, and we started crapping on the New York Knicks, so that's incredible. Uh, that might be a new record for us, actually. <laughs> to actually talk about them, not just get like the jab in for the day. Yeah, it's like, just like just absolutely go. Just destroy half of New York. Anyways, uh, let's talk about basketball. Like actual basketball yes. games, Matt. Yes, the good stuff. We got some big takeaways from the bubble so far. What is, I just want to, like, before we really dive into it, what's your been impression of, like, watching these games on TV? Like, it's different. Yeah. It so kind of, like, I mean, it feels different, but it's also the same. So, like, the thing is, the commentary is people we know, right? Yeah. Like, we're still getting the Mike Breen. He finally got his bang in the other day. That was um, incredible. Yeah. The first three, he was yeah. just letting it fly. Um, So, like, that was cool. You know, we're still getting... Van Gundy, um, both Van Gundys, you know, Mark Jackson, like all the normal guys like now. So there's there's that sense of normalcy with it. Um, I You can hear the players a little bit more than I think you used to. I, I don't love the virtual fan thing. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's a little weird how it's like, I guess you can buy tickets for it. Yeah. I don't know how much tickets are. I don't either. I don't. Be, I'm going to look that up here in a second. But I... It's weird because like they like flash things, and I feel like it's kind of cool seeing like last night at the Mavs Rockets game, like Dirk was there like on the video board, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like Chris Bosh showed up to one of the games the other yeah. day. Like so, like there, 
there's kind of coolish elements, but like otherwise, it's pumped in crowd noise. You know, like I'm I'm just here for. I'd rather have the game be like tape delayed. You know, like ten minutes, so they can bleep out words. But I want to hear like the players more that's just my only thing and i knew this from going into it is we wanted to hear the players more we probably weren't going to hear the players quite as much as we wanted to but i wanted to hear the players more um the rail cam is that's cool. awesome yeah you know as someone i'm weird in that i want to i want to see the play develop because like i'm a coach too so like i want to see the play and then i want to steal the play and go use it for my own team but like I I appreciate like first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, like having the rail cam. Like it makes her some really cool angles here. Um, it makes James Harden's Euro step look incredible when he does it. Um, it it's it's a neat video game type aspect that they've built in that like why not? You yeah, know? I mean you don't have those like fans courtside. Yeah. So it, like I've noticed that I think it's well. I mean, this version, not only because of, like, the season we're in with COVID, it, like, seems more safe for the players because they're not running into people, yeah. like, on the side. Like, if... There's room, like, to, like, where the scorer's table is, yeah. to where the bench is, like, underneath the basket. Yeah, like, you're never going to fall on a cameraman. Right. Anymore. You're never going to, like... That, that's been the thing. They've just, like, slid under the basket. They haven't yeah. had to, like, worry about mm-hmm. getting hit in the head with a camera. Yeah. Or, um... You know, running into someone, knocking a bunch of beers over or whatever. I know they talked about in those couple preseason games, they've thickened the lines on some of the courts um, also. Mm. But, like, it was, like, there was such a weird gap between, like, where the bench, like, started and, like, the edge of the court. Like, there was so much space that like, players were kind of, like, losing, like, their sense of spacing at times. Like, they were stepping out of bounds, like, a ton in those preseason, pre- quote-unquote preseason games because, like, they're, like, I thought I had so much more courtroom, but really it's this thin little black line that separated that like I didn't even notice yeah. that I was stepping out of bounds. Um, but like still like I'm I'm pretty pleased overall with how it's gone. Like as much as it can be with COVID. I that's the one thing. I want to hear players more. You can clearly mic up players, but I don't care if I don't even care if the game is delayed by 30 minutes. Not much more than that, but like 30 minutes to like bleep what you need to bleep. But like I want to hear him. It's fun to hear Chris Paul yelling. Um, or like in the Boston Milwaukee game the other day, when the Celtics were trying to get Giannis's sixth foul called, you just hear Marcus Smart yelling like, "That's on Giannis! That's on Giannis!" And when it was like <laughs> the foul was like clearly on Brooke Lopez, but he's trying to yell like, "That's on Giannis!" But like I could hear that like very clearly. I want that. Like that's just this type of little stuff. Even it'd be cool to hear. I don't need to hear what the play call is, but give me that. Yeah. So. It looks like, I guess, like, going back to the virtual fan thing, I guess, like, the teams just select, like, you log on through Microsoft Teams, and then, like, the, like, I guess, you just get picked to be on. Mm. I don't think you have to A little Russian roulette style. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. Like, you have to do some acknowledgement thing. Yeah. Uh, But it's a little weird, but it's also a way to, like, keep fans engaged, I guess, which is cool. Um, From, like, an... I'm an IT person. It's actually a really cool feature. Microsoft has just rolled out this new feature, and it's kind of cool to see it being used on a big scale like this. Anyways, um, back to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> there were some games. Uh, we, I mean, we started out with two games. We started out with Lakers, Clippers, and what was the... Utah, New Orleans. Utah, New Orleans. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we'll kind of go through these games and, like, what stuck out yeah. to us. So, I don't know. might be a longer pod. might not. I guess it depends on your definition of longer. Um <laughs> 
But so yeah, from from all the games, there's been a lot of rust that's had to be shaken off. Yeah, I'd say even though they had the preseason games, um, these two included some of the others. We'll talk about a lot of rust to shake off. Cool thing is everything feels like a playoff game. Yeah, though that like, intensity. Like that's why people are so pissed. And we'll talk about Zion's minutes here in a minute. That like he didn't get back in. It's like New Orleans. What are you doing? Why are you here if you're not trying to get in the playoffs? Um, and the last thing, I'll say this real quick, is the referees have loved to blow their whistle. Man, there was, what game was it where they were just throwing tees? I think it was Grizz, Grizzlies, uh, Blazers. Blazers, where they were just yeah. teeing. There was like four or five tees. I think like CJ McCollum got it, or who? someone got a tee. I don't remember CJ, who now. CJ got a tee. I think like Zach Collins got a tee. Yeah, that's right. I think Dylan Brooks got like a tee. Yeah. Um, They're but, making up for lost time right now. Yeah, but like it's just that drawing. I mean, the a lot of the announcers and commentators have been commentating on like you can hear everything. That's they're a, only pumping music so into that, the arena. Yeah, and that's the thing is there's no fans anymore. Which okay, yeah, yes, but it's, you, they're they're yelling and screaming and cheering. Now you can hear if <laughs> CJ McCollum says something to Dylan Brooks. Like you you know if it happens. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a thing. Um, or even just like the little things, like you just hear a guy slap another guy's wrist when he goes up yeah. for a shot. Now like it's almost like yeah, I heard it. When before it's like I thought I saw it, but I I don't know if I'm gonna call it out. Now it's like no, I heard. I heard it. Um, like the Celtics the other day. Celtics are terrible at getting to the free throw line. Celtic, that's something that's been a detriment to this team since Brad Stevens got here. Um, they had 29 free throw attempts in the first half. Yeah. They'd done that in 15 games all year. It's like, how how is this happening? Because it's not even like Tatum, even though he kept getting to the rim and missing, like he didn't get any calls, but everyone else was getting calls. I'm not saying that as a Tatum should have got more calls. Just like the fact that like we could have honestly had more. Right. And, like this is ridiculous. Like it's to a point of like the college basketball referees would be like, they're blowing the whistle too much. <laughs> you know, like college basketball, they love calling fouls. Oh my so, God. It's there's, there's gotta be a little more give and take here. I think with the referees, it's like, I, I'm not saying be more conservative with your calls, but like you have to tone it back a little bit or at least the text. Yeah. Pull it back a little For bit. For sure. The text, but I don't, that's going to be interesting in the thing in the playoffs when like Luca turns to whoever and just yells and one in their face. Like, are you going to call, call attack on that? But on the other side of it, like the Rockets who are notorious for yeah. complaining about calls, they didn't get like that many, like, I, I don't know. They didn't get that many whistles, though. Harden got a ton of free throws, attempts, because of James Harden. But, like, outside of him, I guess not really. Then, yeah. Like, he took, like, 21. But the rest of his team didn't take a, as many. So, like, <laughs> yeah, the referees are going to not have to redo what they do. But they're going to have to figure some stuff out. Like, right. Like, if they're going to call every single foul, like, there's going to be a lot of guys. we already seen, like, there were, like, two guys for every team fouling out. Yeah. In, in all these games. Which it normally doesn't happen. No. Six fouls is a lot. So, that's... I'm not saying call less fouls, but I'm not saying call more for sure. Um, all right, we'll talk about games real quick. So Utah New Orleans was the first game. We'll kind of just go in order of the games that like that mm-hmm. happened. So we're not going by relevancy here. Um, otherwise, there's no way Magic Nets would be in the middle of this conversation. <laughs> so we'll start with Utah New Orleans. Utah won 106-104 on some clutch Rudy Gobert free throws. Jesus. So what an appro- appropriate way <laughs> to start the bubble back off. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Bear with the, I think he had the first bucket also. So, so we'll just get right into the Zion's minutes thing. 
because this is this is kind of the big thing coming out of it and not even the score just the zion bit because in theory new orleans probably could have won the game if he played so i understood in the first more. half because new orleans was running utah out of the building yeah like utah couldn't hit the pond if like they if were standing right if they were ben simmons trying to throw a fish yeah out. exactly like, <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't do it and like jj reddick was in his bag i mean ingram was balling hitting step back threes and just like taking whoever to the rim at will yeah um they had some really good minutes from their bench in the first half. And then the second half, it kind of started to fall apart. Yeah. And I would have liked to see more Zion then. Like, he only played, like, six-ish minutes in the first half. So, it's like, they were clearly one. Yes, you're right. They're like, we don't need you right now to be good. Because the team was just rolling. Second half, so it's like, you saved him. You could have got about ten minutes out of him in the second half. And, and they did. And it's like, you were so close at the end. Or it's like... You, if you play him two more minutes there at the very end, I know he's not a good free throw shooter, but like, who cares? Like, get to the rim. It's the energy. Like, it's yeah. the energy of your guys on the floor. It's the energy of your bench. Yeah. Like, all that stuff kind of matters, it especially does. in the, in this context of how how they're playing basketball. I would have for sure liked to see Zion at least in the last minute and a half. Like, if you yeah. get a rebound, you have a better chance of Lonzo throwing a huge outlet pass, and there's a bucket. Yeah. Like, that's 106-106 like right yeah, there. Yeah, how many easy buckets does Zion get in transition? Like, right. Like, at least two a half. So, yeah, I would have liked to see that. Like, it's not like I don't like, you know, Niccolo Melli or some of the other guys, like, throwing out there. But, like, why is Jackson Hayes playing 20 minutes? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> that's a good point. Jackson Hayes is good. He's not 20 minutes good. Let's bump no, the brakes on no. that. Oh. It's like even Melly only played 14 minutes. Like I'm kind of here for like if you're gonna take Zion out, like we can't put in Jackson Hayes for him. Like we went small and put in Reddick. I say we like I'm the Pelicans, but like Josh Hart played 22 minutes. It's not that Josh Hart's bad. JJ Reddick's good. Also, like I like Etwan more a bit, but. It, it comes down to the end of a game. Who do I want out on the floor? Like, I want Zion out there. Like, he couldn't miss. He couldn't get a rebound either. He was a nightmare defensively. But he can score. And at the end of the game, you needed a bucket. You just needed someone to get a bucket. And as good as Brandon Ingram was, and that's kind of the next bullet point, he, he fell off towards the end. And, you know, again, he's rusty. We haven't played, you know, full intense games in months. So, like, him going seven for 20 two for eight from three it's like not totally unexpected it sucks because he was balling in the first half especially he ended up with ended up with 23 points but it's like just giving him more options out there because like other teams will respect zion still like you leave him and he's running to the rim and getting a dunk so you just like to have that offensive weapon out there more than Derek favors right like that pick and roll at the end or that play they run at the end they could have run like a pick and roll with zion and brandon yeah. ingram like that that like i dare up, you to switch right that. exactly something like that and then you can run i mean they tried to run some action for jj i think joe ingles kind of blew it up a little bit um and saw it but like you could run some backdoor action maybe with zion and jj yeah. reddick like he's 
a big human being. He's yeah. going to be able to scream better than anyone else on the floor. That's the thing. His defender helps off to help for Reddick so he's not completely wide open or for Ingram to be wide open. I mean, he's just rolling to the rim. Right. It's, he's got a, it's a bucket. Yeah. yeah. It's just like you... It Sometimes don't make the game complica- more complicated than it has to be, right? Like, right. Zion's really good at dunking the basketball at finishing inside. So, like, putting him in opportunities to screen, get other guys open, and roll to the rim. Like, I know it's oversimplifying it, but to a degree, when you have someone like Zion Williamson, it really can be that easy. Like, to score, like... 20 points a game on all dunks. Right. Like, you can do it, honestly. Right. Like, what... I don't know. What are they holding him back from? Is it this, like, because he left the bubble and come back? Or so, is it still, like, some lingering energy? Yeah. You and I were talking about that off the airs. So, he missed, uh, like, the last week because he was gone. And then he came back, but he had quarantine for, like, four days. So, like, he just got back the other day. So... Or is it dating back to when their season was going back on in February, March, and he was just starting to get out there? And I I feel like it's more that, like the early season stuff. It's like they just like, we're just keeping the same plan in place, which feels a little naive. Man. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do. It's been... But it feels a little naive. It's been like a year since they've drafted this dude. Yeah. And he's played in 20 games now. Yeah. Yep. 20 games. I feel like we don't really know who Zion is as an NBA basketball player yet. And I feel like the New Orleans Pelicans in these eight games should kind of take advantage of figuring out who If you're he not is. trying to make the playoffs, yeah. then... Because they're clearly not. Otherwise, they would have put him back in at the end of the game right. to try and win the game. Like, what is a minute hurt on your minute restriction? Like, like I, do you think he's going to blow out his knee in a minute? Like, if that's what you think, don't play him at all. Send him home. Yeah. Yeah. If, like, 15, if there's such a big difference between 15 and 16 minutes, then, like, what are we doing here? You know, like, I don't know. Was 15 minutes had to be, does that have to be such a hard out time? Right. And, like, Zion said, like, he wasn't happy about it. So, like, now you're getting to, you're pissing him off. <laughs> and in the age of player mobility, I'm not trying to piss off Zion Williamson. I'm no, not saying play him 30 minutes, but I'm saying, like, play him the last two. Like, how are, like, I, I guess I just don't understand this, this, like, thought is, like, Kevin Durant, I, I mean, like, maybe they're afraid of, like, a Kevin Durant Achilles injury, but we're kind of past that point with this injury. Yeah. Like, he was cleared back in December of 2019. Yeah. yeah. It's been literally, like, seven, eight months. So, David Griffin did say after the game, like, part of his plan, like, the plan, medical plan, is he doesn't play, like, the la- the end of quarters. So, it's like, uh, what what's so different about those three minutes compared to the you know minute six through nine earlier in the quarter you know like i get it like it is kind of more intense because the end of quarter but like god throw them out there like this is basketball like either don't accept the invitation to the bubble straight up send zion home or play him but like we can't we can't do this we can't do this like limbo like purgatory thing we're in right now it makes things more confusing for ingram and lonzo and drew and it's like jj reddick's like i want to make the playoffs i always make the playoffs (laughs) you know like what are we doing here they more than any other team new orleans should make the playoffs like they have every reason they have a good mix of veteran depth they have good young core they have ingram who is my most improved player this year 
the fact that they're going to miss the playoffs is based around Zion not playing and the yeah. front office and coaching staff hesitant to play him in these bubble games in these seeding yeah. games playing games whatever you want to call them and like they should be the eighth seed like straight up like I'm just going to say I, it. I bet they could catch Memphis Memphis shouldn't like they're a good team it's a good story I love John Morant I love Jaron Jackson Jr. we'll talk about him here in a minute they shouldn't be the eighth seed like straight up yeah. like at the end of everything at the end of these eight games they should not be in the playoffs and again we like memphis it's just that new orleans fundamentally has a better team than memphis like top to bottom it's just zion's the big swing here even without zion they are still close enough to catching memphis to make it a conversation but with zion like he elevates them to the point of like they're better than memphis it, to not play him is i mean you play to win the game. It's like, right, like the, the, the old press conference where you play to win the game. And they just didn't play to win the game there, like at the end. that's You scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. You need some burst here. Like clearly, like, that. yes, Zion's a, was a wreck defensively, but you need some offense, right? First quarter, New Orleans, 26. Second quarter, 34. Third quarter, 27. Fourth quarter, 17. Like, so it just, it wasn't going in. So getting an easy bucket, it's like what you would tell a shooter, like, hey, you missed three threes, go get a layup. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll run a curl action for you to get to get you close to the rim here, or we'll get you a drive or a float or something. You go, go get something close to the rim. Three's not falling, fine, go to the rim. And who's better at going to the rim than Zion Williamson? Motivate, you're right, motivates the team. You said that earlier, you get that spark, a huge lob to Zion, like, gets that New Orleans bench pumping like no other. So like let's let's do something about that. Let's let's get that happening. So the other team, the team that actually won the game was Utah. <laughs> um like Rudy Gobert out here. Um <laughs> but uh, like rope like Rudy Gobert was good. Went 14 12 three blocks. Like he did, he had a Rudy Gobert game. Um but this the quote unquote stars were Conley and Mitchell. Like, Conley not being bad is huge for this team. <laughs> it's kind of crazy when you put it that way, because he was not good for most of the restart. And I, I think... Uh, he was more aggressive and assertive during those restarts, but, like, the ball still really wasn't going in. Yeah, I, I think, like, that's one of the bigger things we um, didn't really talk about coming back into this, is that, like, how good Utah could be if they're full strength. I mean, they're missing one of their starters um, out with soldier, soldier, sh- Jesus, I can't say it. <laughs> out with surgery. <laughs> um, so, I, like, I don't know what the limit on this team is, but if Mike Conley's actually productive, like, that's a huge swing for them. Yeah, I mean, he went for 20 um, points, four assists last night. Like, when you look at that, like, oh, okay, that's not the greatest stat line on 16 shots. He went two for seven from three, but, like, he was playing his game, right, though. Right. And, like, that's what's important. Well, is, that's what this Utah team needs is another playmaker. Like, it, yeah. it's so much of the offense in the past has fall, fallen to Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And now if Mike Con- Conley can shoulder some of that, then that's a huge win for Utah. Yeah. Even, like, someone like Jordan Clarkson coming in off the bench. and Phenomenal. Sh- yeah. He's been amazing. He arguably could be a conversation for sixth man of the year. Um, but, like, 23 points off the bench. Come on now. 
Like that, that's awesome. That's desperately, and we talked about that when they made that acquisition earlier in the year. It's like that's exactly what Utah needed, right? Is and they got them for pennies on the dollar from Cleveland, right? <laughs> so like, it's it was totally worthwhile for them. It's they just need some of those type of guys, right, to take the pressure off of Donovan Mitchell, who again went for twenty. Five assists, five rebounds, three steals. Like, that's a great game. Yeah. And he only took 14 shots, got to the free throw line, took seven um, free throw attempts. Like, this, that was a, he didn't have to do too much and they still won the game. It's, he probably could have done more, but they borderline ish didn't need him to. And we say that because they ended up getting the win, right? 106 points isn't the greatest thing ever. But like, there was, it was a good game. It was just like a good, clean game for Donovan Mitchell, a good, clean game for Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. Clarkson took 17 shots, only hit one of eight from three. So that means he was seven for nine from two. Like, again, just got by whomever he wanted to get by. I know his plus minus Clarkson's was negative 15, but if he doesn't score 23, they don't come close to winning that game. Like, they needed the buckets, though. And sometimes you just need a bucket. Well, like, New Orleans, I'm pretty sure, scored, scored like, 70 points in the first half. 60. 60. Yeah. So, like, they obviously, like, cleaned some things up on defense in the second half. And yeah. we're able to, so I mean, like, some of that, like, three points not falling in, we talked about earlier for the Pelicans, some of that's luck, some of that's got to be better defense. Like, yeah. um, props to them for kind of figuring it out. I didn't, I'm still hesitant about Utah's, like, potential going into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but it's a good win for them. Kind of keeps some other teams at bay. Yeah. Um, especially in the West where things are so close yeah. together. And part of what Utah is, they don't have a great bench. Like, the Bogdanovich right. injury really kills for I mean one he's a good player but also their depth like now Royce O'Neal is starting or Joe Ingles whoever you'd say is the sixth man um, is starting so now like really your only bench player is Jordan Clarkson he played 32 minutes like Moutier played 10 minutes. Moutier might play in the playoffs, but about that much if he does. George Niang played 13 minutes. That's probably too much for George Niang. Tony Bradley played 14 minutes. It's basically just the minutes Rudy Gobert is not out there. So, like, he kind of has to play that many. But, like, that's fine. Like, I don't know. It's kind of the Niang and Moutier. You're like, I don't love that. So, like, yeah. if you could have Ingles or Royce O'Neal in that position and then bump one of those guys out, like, you'd feel much better. Um, one or both of those guys out of the playoff rotation lineup. Neither of them scored either. Um, but like, are they like a competitive five seed? Yeah. Nah. And they're, are they going to be a tough ish out? Yeah, probably. Are you probably going to beat them in the playoffs? Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> they're a good, fun team. They'll take you to six games. And right. at the end of the day, we'll give Utah a good clap because they're missing a, a key starter. And Donovan Mitchell's still a good young player. And if Conley at least looks good. We're not going to hate on them. Yeah. So it's a big step forward because most, I mean, like from what, like until January, he was still playing Sucked. poorly. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, just not a good situation. So we'll go to the, what was the primetime game of that evening? Um, the opening Thursday was Lakers Clippers. This was just tonsies of funsies. Oh my like, gosh. Lakers 103, Clippers 101. Um, it was AD all day and LeBron late. <laughs> Man, that I think on our last podcast we talked about the Lakers and how they had a whole bunch of question marks coming into the bubble. I mean, the guard play the is gu- a huge, huge question mark still. It's still a question mark, but does I think I even underestimated how much LeBron and AD can cover up their inefficiencies, <laughs> right? Like it's just like 
they're a really good team and they're really yeah. good defensively. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to, you know, like AD is going to be able to get points in the uh, inside. LeBron's going to be able to facilitate late and that's what's going to get them wins. Um, the biggest thing about the Clippers, I mean, like Kawhi wasn't really that good. Paul George. No, he was not. Was pretty good. He had some late threes um, to tie it up, right? Late three within yeah. the last minute to tie it up at 101. Um, and then they had a shot to win or tie the game, and they missed the shot. Um, I would say right now this is going to be a really fun Western Conference Finals matchup. <laughs> like, that's what it's going to yeah. be, right? Um, so we'll start with the, the Lakers bit since they won the game on this time. We'll start with the winning team. So, yeah, LeBron and AD played 35 and 34 minutes, respectively. Um, Anthony Davis went for 34. Like, <sighs> so good. It took 17 free throws. Basically, he's like, Zubach. Come here. <laughs> and just, I mean, got him in foul trouble, like, immediately in the game. And it's like, yeah, give me Joe Kim Noah now. Um, give me Patrick Patterson. I guess, though, that, took that, him to school. that is kind of a caveat is that... Um, the, no Montrez Harrell. No, no Montrez Harrell. No Lou Will. Uh, which, I mean, that's good for the Clippers if you're playing your biggest rival within two points without two of your key yeah, players. You had to start Reggie Jackson. Like, what the heck? <laughs> that's rough. Um, uh, so, yeah. But, um, so with the Lakers, though, so it's, again, he was just like, I see a matchup here. I'm going to exploit this matchup. And for the first three quarters, like, did a good job with it. Right? So, like, overall, like, I would be... Happy with to see what you see out of Anthony Davis. Now, fourth quarter, Anthony Davis is not fantastic, but LeBron was. So, like, that's that's, yeah. that's the reason why you have two guys like that, though, is if LeBron's not playing great the first three quarters, cool. Anthony Davis might be. And when he is, it almost doesn't matter. And then fourth quarter, Anthony Davis isn't playing well. All right, well, LeBron turns it on and, you know, they secures the win um, offensively and defensively. So, like, there's that's why you get the superstars and you deal with the guard depth or whatever else is plaguing your team later because those guys will do so much that you can get past it that's the big key for the lakers is can they just get enough from the other guys i i don't know if i want to trust Deion waiters and kyle kuzma to be my third and fourth options but they might have to i mean like if if you get crucial minutes from a combination of jr Dion. KCP, Danny Green, Danny Green, and you just get a combined like thirty points from them. Yeah, like that's a win. Like that that fills in one guard, like a superstar guard role, right? Yeah, and like they're good ish defenders. Like Danny Green is a good defender. Yeah. KCP is like at least Confident. decent. Yeah, yeah, out there. Um, um so I don't, I don't know. I I, th- I really like what the Lakers did the other night. I'll be interested to see because they're essentially have the one locked up, right? Like they're yeah, they're they're a pretty decent amount ahead. I wonder how much going forward Anthony Davis and LeBron will play if they'll kind of ramp up to the playoffs, ramp down, kind of just keep their minutes the yeah. same. Like if you're even if you're the one and you have to feel like you're playing a team who's overstretched themselves trying to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, like a Portland Trailblazers. Like, are you gonna? keep their minutes lower it's gonna yeah. be something interesting to watch over the next two weeks i guess yeah just the management of that and then how how much can they replicate this right yeah. can they can they count on some of those guys we just talked about or is it should be like uh we're gonna get 55 from lebron and 80 combined 
and then we just need another 50 from the other eight guys so can everyone can everyone average six points a game can everyone else just average six points a game if we can do that we're in decent enough shape is that going to be enough ultimately i don't know but for now it can get them where they want to go um for the most part so in the clippers so yeah Kawhi is in that like weird spot of like he ended up going for like i think like 28 yeah, yeah. on 16 shots sounds really good like seven for 16 three four three 11 for 13 from the free throw line but there were times where i was just like man he just doesn't look all the way there still um i don't know if it's injuries or what or it's just like his style of play there were times like paul george i was like god we give him the ball get out of the way not Kawhi whomever get out of the way please well that he was, was the, balling that was the weird thing I mean he scored 30 on 17 shots 6 yeah. of 11 from 3 which is including incredible. clutch shots yeah um that was the thing the last time the Clippers right before shut down they played the Lakers and he scorched the Lakers yeah. in the first half and then just didn't really touch the ball in the second half for whatever reason um at that's kind of been a theme recently with the Clippers, and I'm a little worried about that going into the playoffs. The chemistry is not there. Right. Like, the connection's not quite there, and they haven't had enough time to gel. Like, is that, yeah. like, a serious concern? Like, are we legit concerned about the Clippers at this point? I know, like, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell are going to get you combined, like, I don't know, 30 extra points. Yeah. So, like, maybe they help, but maybe the Lakers expose Lou Will on defense more yeah. when he's on the floor. So. I don't know. It's a interesting predicament, especially, I mean, 34 minutes for Paul George. That's exactly probably where you would want yeah. to be at for the next seven games. Um, but I I don't know. He needs the ball more. Like, he just needs more touches. Yeah. That's, That's been a thing, though, I feel like for Paul George for a long time. Yeah. Well, like, Pat Beverly can't be, like, the third most shots taken on right. a team or not pat reggie jackson my bad reggie jackson took 10 shots like pat beverly came in gave him good minutes he'll play more um because he just got out of quarantine and everything and there it's like he'll play more of those minutes right more than reggie jackson like that'll be good lou will take some of those minutes um from him and and shamit shamit played 22 minutes that's too many for shamit um especially when he's not hitting like the other day you know harrow will come in and he'll take um some of those patrick patterson jamichael green minutes no joke him no minutes even though those guys like weren't bad out there um montrez is better so um and the only reason patterson and green were good is because they were hitting threes um that was a a big swing for them but i still trust harrell more consistently it's like you're right like the clippers have a little more upside than what they showed the other day because of those missing pieces and if the chemistry with the stars come together Mm. but i guess as of right now the lakers because they actually at least know what they are right they know who they are they know who their guys are i think from just watching a a few lakers games now there's some level of acceptance from dion and jr like who they are at this point like yeah so if if everyone just knows their role and knows like the on the totem pole who's at the top and then who's who's not that there's some value in that i would say and this is something i've talked about with boston for a while being a boston fan is like who's in charge who's getting the ball and the lakers like they know who's getting the ball um right now so like i would say i'm i'm not disappointed if i'm a clippers fan about this game because you know there's a ceiling but there's something about having a ceiling and being able to actualize it so 
it's still a fantastic game, like a fantastic way to end the first day. Oh, the NBA sure. could not have asked for a better first day. Yeah. Um, besides Zion playing more. <laughs> so um, that's why they only gave him the four day quarantine. So that's, you know, um, but overall, like that's a, that's a great game. That's a great opening day. Like they, the NBA could not plan that better. Uh, I mean, and they planned it. Yeah, <laughs> they planned it, and and that was that was good. Um, so then Friday we had a slate of like yeah five games or six games, six games. Yeah, um, six. We're gonna talk about five of them because Magic beat the Nets one twenty eight one eighteen, and that's that's about it. That's all I got there. Um, I don't care. <laughs> so. the, uh, the biggest thing to note was Evan Fournier just wrecked anyone during that game he was hitting step back threes it was he was incredible give give fournier some love um he's good um he just plays in orlando so um all right so move on to what was the next marquee game um which was blazers grizzlies got some overtime basketball and i was just injecting that into the veins like that was an incredible game man it was really good to see uh I'm going to butcher his name like I always do. Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf. Yusuf Nurkic. Thank you. Uh, He was out there. Hadn't hadn't played in over a year and was, like, really good. Had, like, five or six blocks, I think. Six. Six. Yeah. Like, he was really good. Um, That spark that Portland desperately needs. This injury riddled roster uh is kind of starting to come together yeah um it was kind of a stretch to beat beat the memphis grizzlies though so it'll be interesting to see how they play out but man shout out to Nurkic for yeah making a comeback so it's like yeah he played in a little of those pre quote-unquote preseason games and like they were being careful with them but like they were trying to get him back out there um he was one of those guys that if covid never happened he was maybe gonna try and playing the playoffs if they had made it there by that time but that layoff it, it really helped him zach collins got healthy then too he's playing um for the most part both of them were pretty good yeah nurkic 18 nine rebounds five assists two steals six blocks like so it's a really good just, just filled it up um and he thing is he he does what they desperately need is they need someone on the inside who can just get an easy bucket every now and again when the jump shot isn't falling for everyone else just can can you get a switch on you and just finish a bucket? Um, he, he can. Um, so that was, that was encouraging to see for sure um, that their bigs looked good. Even Whiteside, when he was out there, wasn't bad in limited minutes. He played 18 minutes. I think that's that's about right um, in, in total. So it was really <coughs> that Dame and CJ got, ended up getting it together. Um, yeah, Gary Trent, the end of the game. Gary, Trent, Tr- Ugh, Gary Trent Jr. Really good. Really good off the bench. Like that, some of that wing depth that we've been talking about all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still, it's still like, a, a it's an issue. It's but. still a prominent issue, but having Nurkic back, um, and then getting good play from Gary Trent Jr. and Mario Hazonia off the bench kind of covers a lot of that up. Even Hazan Whiteside playing 17 minutes. That's yeah. A big win. Um, because now you're not having to go to Nasir Little. <laughs> yeah. When whoever gets in foul trouble, like Hassan Whiteside gets four fouls and you have to bring in Nasir Little. Guys that like really shouldn't be playing. Like, yeah. That's the thing. They've had to play some smaller lineups because they've had to like bump Collins down or right. whatever. And Collins can play center. That's fine. It's just... If he's not playing power forward, then someone else has to play power forward. Mello has to be Mello, okay, well, now he's playing the three. Right. That's when you start getting into some stuff like, 
like you can play Hazonia and Gary Trent some minutes, but not a ton. You can't throw Simons out there much with McCollum and Lillard because then defensively you're just going to get roasted if you throw out Dame, CJ, Simons, Carmelo, <laughs> and like Zach Collins. Like I like Zach Collins, but like he can't fix all of it, <laughs> you know. So that's where that disaster comes up. So like they've got to be careful with this. And Simons didn't play the other day. Um, but like right, Gary Trent what lit the world on fire. Um, you can't count on that every game. But like Gary Trent's a shooter. Yeah. So like dude gets hot. Like it's going in. He was so, like four or five from three, I think. Yeah. Which was really good, um, really efficient. The difference is they got he he played good enough defense yeah. out there. That that's a swing thing is they can get a guardish wing to play some defense because Simons isn't playing defense if he is playing. So like and Hazonia, I'm not really counting on him for defense either. <laughs> if Gary Trent can play enough defense to to get him on the floor more, like he's gonna hit shots. If he can just play enough defense. And that was never like a thing when he was at Duke um for that year or so. And it really hasn't been a thing since he's been in the NBA. But if he can do that, then this is I don't want to say it transforms the team. Like Gary Trent Jr. is not that important because it's ultimately Dame and CJ's team. Um, but like that, it's an unexpected spark that m- might help push them into that eight seed. You know, like if they're a firm nine, that might be what the difference to get them to eight is. Uh, adding on top of Dame and CJ balling out because it was really CJ took over. Yeah. I would say more than Dame the other day. Um, Dame for a while had trouble finding a shot got to the free throw line to help himself out late dame was good of yeah. course but cj's really was the guy who kept him in it throughout and eventually got them to overtime and where they needed to be i think that was really encouraging because i've crapped on cj a lot this year deservedly so yeah <laughs> yeah but, like, but he's played good in orlando yeah he hit that nice little i don't know james harden behind like the, the back. like he like yeah brought it around his waist and something and yeah. sidestepped at the same time it was kind of cool i didn't know dame or uh cj could do something like that so like yeah. he was definitely he's definitely feeling it now that there's uh um the restarts back which is nice um as we're talking the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets are playing, which is pretty cool. More yeah. basketball. So something I've noticed, also just going back to this broadcast, I know I'm kind of side tracking, is that they're projecting some of the ads, like the Mountain like, Dew and stuff. Yeah, like, I think so. Like whatever the home team's normal like court ad would be, like they huh. have that on the court, which is super cool. I didn't notice that. That is cool. Yeah, because it's gotta be just projection. They can't actually put that on the court because they only have three courts they play on. Right, like um, you don't see it there, but when they switch yeah, the other angle to the yeah from the rail cam, you don't see it, but from the overhead, you do. Um, Jeremy Grant and one uh, shouldn't have traded him anyway. <laughs> uh, going back to Blazers Grizzlies games that happened in the past, Mello hitting two clutch threes there. You can't leave him wide open. I'm not saying Mello's fantastic anymore, but you can't leave him wide open, dude. Absolutely bricked the third one though. <laughs> that would have like won the game in regulation. Yeah. Okay. So we went two for three on clutch threes. I'll give him a pass in the third. I would have. I would have liked him to make it, but you know, is what. Well, it is. the crazy thing about that was that John Morant ended up with the ball coming sprinting, sprinting down oh the my court. God. He was he was playing out of control there in the fourth quarter and overtime. Yeah. He he kind of lost the ball a couple times, but coming down he did trip and fall and didn't get a. He like, got tripped. Yeah. He did. <laughs> he didn't get a shot. Or get a foul call. So yeah. there was that. And then the game went into overtime, and Blazers kind of controlled it from there. Yeah, well, they jumped out. Like, 
scored like the first 10 points of overtime. Yeah, they went out. Memphis run. fought back, but Blazers held them off. Um, but uh, yeah, Melo being like a part of that, like that's good for the confidence. As long as it's not too much confidence. Um, but like, it's that's good to see Melo. I mean, if if he's just kind of a spot up shooter and he just embraces that, like that's a good role for Melo. Like that'll. I don't know if it gets you 20 points every game, but. Because they got him 21 the other night. But I can get you a solid 15 a game. If they can get a solid 15 a game from Melo, good good bench minutes from Gary Trent, and Lillard and McCollum do what they do, that, this team's making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, like that's if, the, if New Orleans isn't fighting for it, this team's making the playoffs. <laughs> that's a good point. And, like, they match up really well with the Grizzlies. Yeah. Even though Jaron Jackson Jr. was just absolutely wrecking whoever he... We'll talk about the Grizzlies now, yeah. He he, he went just bonkers. He fouled out Nurkic on yeah. just this... Like, he got it on the wing, took, like, three two dribbles, and just yammed it on Nurkic. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I like Nurkic, incredible. but there's... Jaron Jackson Jr. is different, right? He's a better live ball dribbler than I think a lot of us assumed he would be. Yeah. Especially by year two. What, two, three is this? So two? Like, two? Yeah, because he's two. part of the Luka draft. Yeah. Um, yeah, like his ability to do that is like, oh, we did not see that this early in his career. For well, sure. He's not even, like, he hasn't even played full seasons. Like, he yeah. didn't play a full season this season, even though he's healthy now. And last season, he was stopped playing in, like, February. Yeah. So, part of this just, yeah, development. It's, it's what the team needs. They, they don't need another just traditional big next to Valanchunas. It's like, it's it's what the team needs him to do. And, like, yeah, he's, like, embraced it. I mean, he took a ton of threes yesterday. He was 6'15 from three. Yeah, he was like, hot. I loved it. <laughs> That's 40%, though. If you're big man shooting 40% from three, if your guard's shooting 40% from three, you're happy with that. Yeah. Um, ended up with 33 points in the game on 22 shots. Like, that's great efficiency. Um, got to the free throw line, too, and made free throws seven for nine. Like, part of me, it's like, you only got three rebounds. That kind of sucks. But, like, you know, give and take. Um, so he was really good. I mean, the stars for Memphis were the young guys. I mean, Morant, yes, he was, he, he lost it at the end. Like, not that he lost the game, but, like, he kind of lost control there at the end, like you said. Um, was not as good as he was early in the game. But overall, I mean, the kid goes for 22-11-5. Like, I'm not going to knock him too much. Um, and what was basically a playoff game when you're going head-to-head with Damian Lillard. Yeah. So, you know, Dylan Brooks was pretty good. Um, not great, but pretty good. Brandon Clark was incredible. So, like... 34 minutes for that dude yeah, off the bench, and, and that's really good. He took all of Valanciunas' minutes, um, yep. which is fine. I, I don't care. Um Valentinus was good, though, when he was out there. Um, nothing wrong with what he did. He scored 16 points in 14 minutes. Yeah, he was um, their leading scorer, I'm pretty sure, at, like, halftime. Yeah. Um, Valentinus was balling for a while, again, to the free throw line and stuff. Um, but Brandon Clark, I think that's just, that's probably what's most encouraging. For Memphis, like, you want to make the playoffs because well, you want to make the playoffs. But, like, to know Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, John Morant, um, can hold up in these type of environments like that's probably more encouraging than making the playoffs it's just like these are basically eight playoff games you're getting and these guys are balling i would like to go on record and say that grace and allen played 21 minutes and that's about 20 20 minute too many minutes for my taste he wasn't terrible <laughs> he wasn't honestly. terrible like his defense like he's like guarding dudes at like half court and not doing a bad job and like it, it's nice to like at least annoy some yeah. of those star guys, like those guys are still gonna get buckets, but like at least annoy him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's a good thing that uh it's his best skill set. Grayson Allen can do. Uh, I mean he 
I mean, didn't really take a ton of shots. He didn't do. No. I mean, like you said, it, most of what he did didn't show up on the stat sheet. He was a wing defender. Yeah, that's why he's playing, and Josh Jackson's playing 13 minutes. You know, it's because he's going to at least play defense out there. Um, not that Josh Jackson was bad, but just that's just not what they needed. Um, so, like Memphis, I'm encouraged by the team. I'm encouraged by what they did. I'm not really here for Kyle Anderson. Never have been. Preseason, <laughs> the preseason bubble games, he was fine. But then, like today is or the other day. He was like, eh. Um, Valentinus, I'm cool with him playing more than 14 minutes, but I'm also cool with him playing 14 minutes. It's just one of those, like, overall, it was a good game for the Grizzlies. They just didn't close. If they could have just closed the game, we'd be singing their praises. Right. Um, They just didn't. So, and that's just a couple buckets here and there. John Morant didn't get the tripping call at the very end, you know, like a lot of guys, a lot of stars would. Not that John Morant's that that, level yet. If that was Dame, he's getting that Yeah, for sure. Um, It's just one of those things, like, you get, and he's on the path to get there eventually one day. So, um, overall, like, I'm I'm positive I'm the Grizz right now. Like, that was a good game. You, you battled with Portland, so you would like to have the win. Uh, next one was Suns-Wizards. Again, we're not going to talk too much on this. Suns won 125, Wizards 112. The only thing we're going to say is give a quick shout to 3Andre Aiton, um, knocking him <laughs> down the other day. Um, and this is a, a not-so-subtle subtweet to Ben Simmons here. Um, <laughs> Can we also... Hold on. Uh, I just want to pause on this for a second. Let's... I, Bradley Beal... List Wizards scored a hundred and twelve points. How in so, the world does this happen? Real talk. I'm gonna give your former boy Scott Brooks some love right now. How this team scores a hundred. 10, 120 points a game without Brad Beal is incredible. I have no idea what is happening. Like, some of the preseason games didn't look that good because no one looked that good in the preseason. But, like, even during the regular season, when Brad Beal doesn't play, they still score 120. When Brad Beal plays, they score, like, 140. Um, (laughs) They give up 156, but that's the... (laughs) You know, but, like, the fact that, like, they're getting... Like, they started... Look at this starting lineup the other day. Shabazz Napier um, was starting one. Troy Brown Jr., Isaac Bonga, Rui Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant. That was your starting five. And they played six guys off the bench. Um, Jerome Robinson, who couldn't get on the floor for the Clippers, played 32 minutes. Ish Smith played 27 minutes. Like Ish J- Smith scoring 17 points from the bench is just incredible. On 18 shots. <laughs> like, just incredible. Um, like, Jerry and Grant, not, we're talking about Jeremy Grant for the Nuggets. Jerry and Grant, who, like, wasn't in the league, played 10 minutes the other day. Mo Wagner played 14 minutes. Jonathan Williams, who played the whole season in the G League, played 13 minutes. Like, this is incredible what they're doing here um that they're even putting up this many points so shout out scott brooks you can't stop anybody but you're somehow scoring which i'm gonna give him at least yeah little little love there um and Rui wasn't bad either Rui was pretty good but i mean you're playing the suns also so there's you know, that <laughs> give and give and take here um i don't want to give too much credit because we're going to take it all back um since beal and bertans aren't playing yeah and bertans isn't playing. yeah that's like, wild heck? isn't it um gosh so moving on to real basketball um buck celtics bucks ended up winning 119 to the celtics 112 again another down to the wire game that was like tied going into the fourth quarter so fantastic game that was that was mvp Giannis. we saw man he was 
he was really good. Like he his passing, like he's shooting. He's throwing like one handed like passes like out of a spin move to like wide open shooters in the corner. What the heck? <laughs> what he does with the basketball, I don't think we'll ever fully <laughs> comprehend what he does. Um, but like his, I mean, like it's never really been about him per se like we know no. he, he's gonna give us good production it's chris middleton what are you gonna do it's brooke lopez what are you gonna do um west matthews divincenzo george hill those type of players what are you yeah. gonna do for the bucks uh they didn't really particularly shoot the ball all that well shout out to Giannis though for just like taking threes yeah like well, another subtle tweet not so subtle tweet at ben simmons one for three like just shoot hey you know what you know what's better than 0%, Matt? 33%. 33%. Exactly. <laughs> it's, why, it's why I'm like, I know he hit one for sure, and I know he took three, right? But there were times like late in the game where Marcus Smarts or whomever is guarding him at like a step inside the half court line. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> He's going to drive by you. Like, even if you are st- quote unquote staying in front of him, his arms are so long, like he can reach the basket from the three point line. Like, okay, like what are we doing guarding him that far out? Like take it two steps back and take a charge, right? right? Like, but let's not keep doing this thing. Cause we're not stealing the ball from him either. Um, but, like kind of just bait him into shooting the shot, yes, right? Yes. Like just like um, stand like, well, at the free throw line and say shoot. It's, like, give give him the little wave off. Yeah. And see if he makes it. And um, at this point, I'm betting not. Um, <laughs> I'm betting on that going in less than the amount of dunks he's going to have because he was 14 for 20 shooting in the game. Um, honestly, you're better at fouling. You might just go hack a shack on him. Honestly, <laughs> seven for 12 from the free throw line. But so. 36 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and a block. Like, what? he only turned it over twice. Um, should have fouled out, but that's... That's another, another um, topic. We'll right? get there in a moment. Um, like, in theory, yes, we know Giannis could score more, could have more rebounds, could have more assists, but, like, that... That's that's as good of a Giannis game as you're getting, right? Like we can't assume you're scoring forty plus points a game right now. Um, that's why he's MVP. Is he's doing that? So we'll talk about the Celtics more later. Um, so I'll stay on the Bucks because Middleton wasn't particularly good. Yeah, but he like, six of twenty from the field, shooting thirty yeah. percent, and then two of nine from three. Um, before the restart, he was a solid 50-40-90 guy. Yeah. And if he's not that, the Bucks aren't making it out of the second round. I'm just going to straight up say that right now. If, if they draw Philly in the second round and he does that, that they, could not, have, I, they could have some real problems. I'm dead serious. They're not making it out of the second round. Yeah. Like that that's not even a that's not even a cold, like a hot take. That's just a fact. They they need Chris Middleton to be better. Like Brooke Lopez was fine. Um, he shot 2 or 5 from 3. He kind of yeah. had a weird year shooting the ball. Yeah. So like two That's five, encouraging. Yeah, that's encouraging had six blocks who because jason tatum just drives with his head down um again we'll get there in a minute um like matthews hit shots divincenzo hit shots um Ilyasova gave him some good minutes he had kind of fallen out of the lineup um robin lopez hit shots george lopez or george lopez george, lopez. <laughs> george hill um i read robin lopez and george hill and i combined them um shout out george lopez um that was a great show uh <laughs> George Hill, like, wasn't particularly good, but, like, he was effective out there, not hitting a ton of shots, but he's a good player. Corver hit threes, you know. So it's like they, they just had a good game overall. I, at the top to bottom, Bucks game is Middleton could have hit some more shots, sure. And against the Celtics, he always hits shots. So I don't know what was going on. Um, but, like, 
that that was a good Bucks game. Yeah, I, I mean, like that's uh, to edge out a win, kind of just grind out a win when you're not particularly playing at your top of your game. Um, yeah, Boonholder's got to feel good. Yeah, you have to feel good about that, and Giannis is going to fill the gap on a lot of those players. Yeah, um, but. I think it's an impressive win for the Bucks when they just didn't look all that great at times. Yeah. When they could have put the game away pretty early, I think. Because oh. they, didn't they go up like, like 17-2? 17-2, and then the Celtics kind of battled back. It was a game of runs from there, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, impressive by the Bucks on the Celtics side of things. I mean, it was impressive that they climbed back into it and were able to yeah. stay so close to the Bucks. This is this is the thing the Celtics do. They get down early in the first quarter and they have come out of halftime not looking very good either. Those are two things that always plague the Celtics. First one happened, the second one didn't. So, that, I mean, okay, that's like that's one for two. Um, <laughs> there. So, the, the big storyline for Boston is Tatum looked like garbage out there. Yeah, he kind of regressed. And he kind of has all bubble yeah <laughs> that, yeah this is very concerning i'm not gonna lie i'm worried he regressed to what he was like a worse version of what he was last year which he yeah. wasn't very good last year i um, mean i'm not i don't think he's gonna go two for 18 every game and you know there were games in the preseason bubble which i again i'm not gonna too much too much stocking up but like again he was shooting like two for ten it's like what the what is going on well when he was hitting like step back threes over just whoever right before the bubble i know like, right before the season shut down like he looked legit like an mvp candidate at times <laughs> right like he just would i mean he it didn't matter who was guarding him yeah it, it was just whoever throw whoever at me and i'm gonna get a bucket over you uh his finishing you mentioned wasn't that great we need all oh, his he, finishing he was worse than first year tatum he finishing he missed so he only shot four threes and he missed them all so he was two for 14 from two and none of them were like okay like four of them were like bad shots but so he was two for 10 on wide open or fairly open good looks from mid-range from the elbow inside like by the blocks like he he just couldn't get the ball to go in the basket it's like he short-armed three layups and it was just like are we in eighth grade (laughs) what are we doing jason tatum well i mean that's been a thing especially at the beginning of the year um he had issues with finishing um what during the stretch he was scorched earth like that was that those it's issues like had it. resolved yeah um it kind of makes me fix it it kind of like, makes me wonder if he picked up a basketball at all during quarantine <laughs> like what were know. you doing <laughs> like how are you this bad at finishing right now like i'm like as someone who's like i know i only coach high school basketball but like how are you that bad at finishing like not just through contact like you were just bad at finishing like he would beat his defender i think it's his oppo hand is like, the issue he goes like sometimes he goes to the left side and he uses his right hand and he misses sometimes he uses his left hand he's straight up like, bad with his left yeah hand. like i've watched him he doesn't try to finish, finish well with his left hand three um, years trying to finish with the left yeah. hand and i i think i'm a lefty who has never sniffed a nba court could finish better with my left yeah. hand um it's rough <laughs> and even going to the right side like sometimes it's like he swings his arm out so why like he's almost throwing up a hook yeah shot at some point it's like dude like i just need you to like go up like you're normally shooting a layup and like assume you're gonna get fouled at the like at the least like if you elevate the way you can elevate like you're gonna get fouled or you're gonna make it like but quit like throwing your arm out there like you're either afraid to get blocked or like you're afraid of the contact there even sometimes like he would be crashing down the lane like he would have like a nice back cut 
and they'd find him and like he'd just like go to finger roll it and he'd miss it's like dude you're like six foot eight dunk it you're full head of steam going down the lane you see brooke lopez on the opposite block sliding over but like just dunk it on him because he's not even jumping because he's too late getting there because it was a nice back cut it's just like little things like that it's like dude just finish and it's it's borderline a mindset yeah because like of course you can make the shots from in there because we're past high school basketball but like it's a mentality thing for jason tatum right now like i need you just to like be like i'm i'm better than you i'm stronger than you even if you're not i'm stronger than you <laughs> i'm gonna finish this over you if you get blocked every once in a while fine but like at least go up like like you're trying to make the shot not like you're trying to not get blocked yeah you know like that's probably my biggest deal with tatum right now probably he's a young guy part of it's though, like look we're trying to win a championship right and you're the best player on this team so get over it the positive note about milwaukee or not milwaukee boston excuse me uh, is that i think jalen brown was pretty good I mean, 6 of 15 from before, not super encouraging. 3 of 10 from 3. But, like, if Tatum's... He really got to his spots, though. Yeah. He got to where he wanted to go. And the two-pointers looked good. Three-pointers, like, a lot of shots looked fine. Um, Some of those were, like, end of shot clock, bad threes. I admit that. um, Because Tatum wasn't taking them, or Gordon wasn't doing much either. And Kimba wasn't playing um, past his minutes restriction. So, I was overall, like, just watching Jalen Brown. I liked Jalen Brown. Stat line almost makes me not like it as much, but like what I test, I liked Jalen Brown more. Yeah, Kimba was good. I was very, I'm very worried about Kimba. I am like my degree of concern for Kimba is keeps going up. Uh, if your knee injury is still going on and it's been since what February, it's this now like six months. This knee, it's not even knee injury. It's like this knee discomfort soreness. Yeah, like tendonitis, that, whatever. It like is. we can't fix it. Yeah, there's no surgery. Like there's no. It's just, we rested for four months and it's still not better. Right. You know, it's like, so even though he had a good game, I'm very encouraged by the good game. Is a, we signed dad to like a five year deal. <laughs> like that's a long term. Overall, I'm happy with how he played though. Right. If he can keep doing that. You know, Tatum's not going to do be that bad. I think that's a pretty regular game for Jalen Brown. It's a pretty regular game for Gordon Hayward. Pretty regular game for Daniel Tice. Like, Marcus was above average. But, like, if Kimba kind of plays his normal minutes, that balances out. Overall, like, I'm pretty happy with how this went. If if Tatum hits four more shots, we win the game. Yeah. If Milwaukee closes or never lets us back in the game, they would have won the game. But, like... Milwaukee's clearly the best team in the East and maybe the league, and Boston was right there. So, like, yeah. I can't be too upset, and Boston fans in general shouldn't be too upset um, by this game. But the, to say there's not reason for concern, I think, would be overlooking um, what happened yeah. in the game. Yeah, I want this to be the Eastern Conference Finals. I know that much. That's what I want. It would be a, it would be a fun matchup. It would be so. a fun matchup because Boston has enough to throw at Giannis. Like, Shimmy Ojale was good. He didn't take a shot. Yeah. But, like... He drew a couple charges, like he was in the way. Like, well, that's what you kind of need. Like, if Marcus Smart is not doing that "quote unquote" Marcus Smart role, like you kind of need someone else to fill it. Yeah. Like, Marcus Smart's still going to be scrappy and play good defense, but if he's scoring more because Kemba's out, like that's a Shimmy Oshelai role can fill in, yeah. play defense and just kind of cause some havoc. Yeah, I liked him. Um, Wanamaker was good too. Quick shout out, Brad Wanamaker. So like, just getting some decent minutes off the bench is yeah. really, going to be really important for this team because. Otherwise, his bench is very weak. Besides Marcus, his bench is very weak. So uh, that was that was encouraging. Um, 
overall. I like that. Um, next one, you kind of see this alternating pattern here is Spurs Kings. Um, Spurs won 129, Kings 120. Um, quick thing was De'Aaron Fox did whatever he wanted. Career high at 39 points. Yeah. Um, I, that was kind of it's kind of like with the Grizzlies game, the New Orleans game. His experience prevailed for the other team, though. Um, San Antonio would just figure out a way. Derek White was good enough. Demar Derozan was actually pretty good um, in his role. So you know, is what it's it is. It's kind of a big win for San Antonio. Like it doesn't eliminate them from playoff if they, contention yet. Yeah. Um, let me let me check their schedule real quick. If they can get on some sort of like a quote unquote run. Um, all of a sudden they don't not have a chance yeah. of making it yeah and like it's not far-fetched for them to make the playoffs actually the, so they play memphis next so that's an Big important win. game they gotta play philly denver which those are pretty tough games utah then you got new orleans houston utah that's probably too tough of a schedule man that's like tough. you'd have to beat memphis you'd have to beat new orleans and you probably gotta win at least one against utah to have a chance um probably not making it but like i guess they're not totally out of the conversation i don't know i don't really care yeah. i don't want to i don't want them to make the playoffs yeah they're kind of a boring team because yeah. they would get bounced real quick by the lakers but you know whatever so and then the nightcap mentioned it um at the top because um went well past my bedtime <laughs> rockets mavs 153 149 yeah only, only one do- overtime if you're doing the math there yeah that's 302 <laughs> points combined that's incredible we're that's getting awesome we're getting to all-star levels of just insane scoring there like and no one wanted to play defense no one wanted to play defense but it's not like it was worse defense than normal either so it was like they were just doing what they were the doing. rockets just decided to play defense in the last two minutes yeah and no, like literally caught, the end what, of the fourth quarter in overtime the rockets like all right fine because i don't know if they can do it much longer than that but it was enough right <laughs> oh um, it was so bad uh, I, it was a fun game though like fun game to watch awesome like it was great from start to end like that was the the great thing is like it was just a back and forth battle the whole time um one i think even though luca didn't have his best game and we'll talk more about the rockets first actually but kind of cements this idea of like look him and Porzingis are like a problem moving forward like this is a this is a real deal issue that like the west is gonna have to get ready for if not this year next year yeah it's kind of one of those crazy deals i don't think this team's ready to win yet so like they're not necessarily playing for this year but like the more reps that luca and Kristaps get together like it's gonna be a good run and even if they get playoff experience this year all the better for next year yeah whatever next year looks like so yeah this is they're they're gonna be a force big picture looking forward um but we'll go ahead and talk about this so dallas probably should just won the game in regulation but they couldn't hit a shot the last like two minutes and then rockets just chip their way back in and then um james harden draws a foul late in the game hits the first free throw and second free throw intentionally misses it and robert covington comes from the opposite side of the lane gets a tip in with three seconds left and ball game uh or sends it to overtime luca couldn't hit a three a deep fadeaway three to yeah. win in regulation so you go to overtime rockets come out kind of like the blazers did got got some control um and then held off the mavs just like the 
the Blazers run. held off the Grizzlies. Yeah, right at the very end. Um, James Harden was ridiculous. That this was this is also why you're like, oh, we can't just automatically give the MVP to Giannis or LeBron because James Harden like he is like remember me. <laughs> he, I think he was dribbling down the court. They were down like six late, I think, and he pulled up a three from the hash, and it was just yeah. like bottom of the net. And like he, he's like, I know the double teams here. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was insane. Like he pulled up before either defender could really react, and was super confident in hitting it and hit it. And like that's like this whole Rockets experience is now predicated off what James Harden can and can't do. Yeah. Uh, because like playing what their tallest guy is like six ten, maybe, <laughs> like maybe like the like Chris Stops looked like a freaking giant out there compared to <laughs> he was a head he was like a head and a half taller than everyone else. It looked like a high schooler pulling up to a pre K game. You know, <laughs> that's my best comparison I got. Um, but I Dallas. I think you've touched on this or you tweeted this out from our Twitter account is that. Um, they are like number one in efficient offense throughout the season, but 29th in late game efficiency. Yeah, and that definitely reared its head because yeah. they couldn't buy a bucket and then boxing what? out, box someone mm, out, I please. Know. I know. And what sucks is like you even had Mac Cleaver out there, and like right. he was on the For side that. with Robert Covington to rebound and just didn't do it. And it's like. One, I don't know if I want to give James Harden this much credit, but did he intentionally have like they practice that like <laughs> where he can spin the ball off the rim and Covington comes there because like Robert Covington like he was doing that instantly like he was not like waiting and then just happened to see it roll that way and go like he did that on purpose yeah like right like that that's incredible um I don't again I don't know if it was that intentional or not but <laughs> I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give it to him um so yeah. The Rockets, it's like they they hit 19 threes. I mean, they're just stroking them. They, with uh, Harden, like, basically he goes for like 20 in the first. And the Mavericks, we're like, we're not doing this. We're going to double team you. And I think it was a good strategy. Honestly, like, we're going to, someone else is going to beat us. Because yep. it was 42-42 at the end of the first quarter. Um, I mean, the Mavs then took a 10-point lead going into half. So, like, overall, like, it was a fairly effective idea you're basically you're like force other people to hit shots robert covington couldn't hit one all game until overtime um couldn't make anything daniel house was like it's quite at first came around though and third quarter second half he lit it yeah. up well and it's like you got to live with daniel house hitting threes i guess um pj tucker wasn't doing anything offensively all night russ was russ um <laughs> He he went for thirty one points on thirty shots, um, basically all twos, and it's it's like yeah you're making every other two point attempt or shot. The problem is it's only worth two points. <laughs> he um, man he he, he, he told Daryl Moore to get all the way out of here. <laughs> he he was super aggressive, especially when he had Luca guarding him. Yeah, which uh, he should do. Which he should do. He should attack Luca. Luca was kind of getting exposed there on a couple back-to-back possessions. Um, but, I mean, there were some possessions where he was still out of control, Russ, yeah. trying to get to the rim. Although he did gra- grab a late offensive rebound and put back for them late. He was. It's um, very important. So, I, like, I guess you're just going to live and die with r- whatever Russ does yeah. at this it's point. It's like the right? mentality that got that shot to 
you know, help get that game to overtime. It's the same mentality that probably got you down um, in the first place. But, you know, it all balances out, I guess. Um, James Harden, again, go. He went 49 points. He only took 20 field goal attempts. That's insane. (laughs) He went 18 for 21 um, from the free throw line, um, which is where all those um, extra points came from. Nine rebounds, eight assists. Like, he knew he had to be a passer. So, like, what they started doing is he would just pull his double team out to the wing and then Russ or whomever would be at the free throw line to pass to that person. It's like, all right, you got a jump shot, drive to the lane because you got a three on two situation now um, on the weak side or hit a kick out. And eventually, like Ben McElmore is like, all right, fine, put me in the game. Went four for four from three. This- ben McElmore banking in the three, I think, yeah. to like start overtime was the most Ben McElmore yeah. thing ever. Right? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, it's like he- Robert Covington's not going to shoot that poorly every game yeah it's like for Mavericks you had to try something it was basically like James Harden was going to go for 60 plus points in that game if you didn't just stop him from doing what he was doing one on one essentially yeah so like I don't mind the strategy it ended up not working but only because you couldn't finish the game in the fourth quarter yeah like if it worked if you would have won that game in the fourth quarter everyone would be like is this the new thing you just got to do and just live with the other buckets you're, the Rockets are going to score? But it didn't work. So, like, quote-unquote didn't work because you didn't win the game. But, like, if you're Mavericks, like, you got to feel encouraged that, like, you tried something new. Like, it was semi-effective. You know, he still went for 49. You can't, I don't know how great Rick Carlisle feels <laughs> for giving up 49. But <clears throat> this is kind of like the age we're in with both of these teams. Yeah. I mean, I... I think you just gotta, like you said, you just gotta live with whatever production comes from the rest of the Rockets and trap double team Harden as best you can because that's like if you go one on one with him, unless you have an elite perimeter defender, like he's just gonna cook anybody. They they really didn't. They weren't. They were doing with whomever. It was whoever they had guarding him and whoever was the nearest guard. Like that from the weak side. From the weak side. That's who his double team. So it could have been Seth Curry and Luca. Yeah. Like if they would have tried to do a pick and roll to get a switch or something like to, at first. Like you, it was just whomever. Dorian Finney Smith, but he was getting into foul trouble. He ended up fouling out of the game. So like if, if it's not Dorian Finney Smith, there's not a ton of great options or Delon Wright. But Delon Wright's at times an issue on offense. So you know there's only so much give and take you can you can have there. Trey Burke was lighting the world on fire. Also. Oh my God, that dude was just score. Like, like you want to talk about scorched earth like it's been mentioned the players mentioned a couple times like shooters are gonna get hot here is like trey burke gonna get a big contract from this bubble eight for ten from three um i don't know might get a contract from houston um, <laughs> at this point so that, that was incredible um also but that's just, also like that's who they're playing over delon right yeah so you again sacrificing the defense for the offense which is it worth it if you would win the game you'd say yes but if you lose the game you say no so that's that's part of the the struggle that Dallas got into. Um, Justin Jackson wasn't particularly good in the few minutes he played either. So it's like they were rolling with the starters, Kleba, Burke, and a little bit of a DeLon Wright. So. Yeah, you kind of feel the presence. Uh, we've talked about Dwight Powell missing time. And yeah, like, it that's feels a big like one. In this game in particular, even Willie Cauley-Stein would have been helpful to kind of fill in those non-crust stops minutes to get like a rebound or something like that. And the, the, both of those guys also are very athletic. Yeah. So like more Powell than Collie Stein is, they can stay in front of people. So like if they're guarding Covington or Tucker, you don't feel bad about that. Right. Um, you feel 
fairly like they can be there or if they get switched like he's at least going to do his job well most of the time and if that might be when you double team is when they try and you know bring the screen and you're like oh no we're going to white Powell bled to you and then you're going to pass it off to tucker or whoever and if they hit shots they hit shots and that's just ultimately what most basketball teams get into is we're not going to let Giannis go for 50 we're not going to let harden go for 60 we're not going to let lebron score a billion but if quinn cook and you know pj tucker can hit shots in the world then so be it and sometimes you just got to live with it and for the rockets it was enough um last thing we'll hit on is um Kristaps was really good like (laughs) he was really good he had a three right at the end of the third quarter um and like i i don't know i'm going back to crap me on the knicks like why did you trade this guy but uh 39 points in 38 minutes that's really good uh 50 from the field 37 percent from three which is actually pretty good for your center Yeah. yeah um 10 11 from three or from the free throw line um I wish that he had a, he was or I wish the Mavs were a little bit more aggressive on the offensive rebounding because I feel like they could have taken advantage of his height a couple more times um, to kind of swing the game in their way but he didn't and they ended up losing I wouldn't say that's a hundred percent of the reason but I no. think it's a reason you, it's like again could we have got three more buckets from yeah. offensive just like by occasionally going for more because Cleva played 34 minutes a lot of those minutes next to Kristaps so it's like you had a 6 10 and 7 3 guy out there again PJ Tucker's like 6 8 Robert Covington's like 6 8 like you could have at least got a an extra one every quarter and are two of those going to be buckets probably you know it's just those little things um that looking back yeah like, yeah they make a difference but at the time you're saying a lot like get back because otherwise James Harden's pulling. Right. Um, so I, what are you willing to live with? Are you willing to try and get a few more rebounds, get eight more points, but maybe give up nine or ten points in transition? It's hard. Um, it's a hard with, balance for but sure. But with Kristaps playing the way he was playing, um, had the right uh, 39 points, 16 rebounds. Like he, he was doing whatever he wanted to do inside. So it's almost almost the Mavs didn't buy in enough to even what Kristaps was doing right like there were times like and I get giving Luca the ball at the end but sometimes it's like god he Kristaps has who on him <laughs> or you you want to get a switch like get Daniel House on him and like just let him do whatever he wants like that's a bucket every time like take you down even mid-range and he was doing like some he was doing some Dirk like mid-range turnaround off the like backboard stuff and it's like what what are we doing but it's going in because it's like he's has seven inches on the next tallest guy out there so i wouldn't you're right i would have loved to embrace it just a little more but i mean he he still had a great game so i don't know how much more there was to have but i mean if luca took 27 shots and he only hit 11 could we not have given three of those to Kristaps? You know? <laughs> yeah, there was... Uh, Luca kind of had a bad second half. He did. Um, he... He looked he, tired. He would beat people off the dribble. He had he looked quicker on his first step. Um, he would beat people off the dribble, but then the Rockets were staying home out on shooters, and then he would try to, like, throw a pass, and it would get turned over, yeah. tipped out of bounds. Like, I would rather him just be aggressive and go to the hole. Like, yeah. And sometimes he did, but... 
do it more. Like if you're already in the paint, just you got such a good floater. Why not just use a floater or something? Like, yeah, there are too many times. Like, and it's not even like the Rockets would steal the ball as much as they would just like tip it out. Right. Um. And like you got on and and yet Luca still had eight turnovers. So like it could have been more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um. The good and the bad of both the Rockets and the Maps were on display fully in this it's game. It's like they're mirrors of themselves yeah. almost at times, which yeah. is crazy. I guess Luca and James Harden are pretty close in like play styles and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, it was a fun game. Really and fun game. Those eight games, just an incredible start to yeah. the NBA. Oh. Outside like, of the, some of the duds, like the Nets and just a couple Wizards, but... I mean, that's six of eight. Still pretty good. Hey, it's true to 75%. You're doing pretty good. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll talk about a couple of games moving forward now. What we're, what we're looking for this. We haven't got to do this in a long time. I know. <laughs> predict games. Uh, like, upcoming. predict actual things. Yeah. Um, so, we each got two games coming up this week. Um, give you a couple for the next couple days and then some later on in the week. So, Ryan, I'll let you start. I've talked a lot today. <laughs> so, on uh, Monday, August 3rd, yes, we're talking about August 3rd. That's crazy. Uh, gr- I got the Grizzlies Pelicans um, playing at 530 Central Time. Uh, big game for both teams. Important for standings, yeah. Um, if they if Pelicans win, uh, it could be a really like a big win for them to move up into the standings. If the Grizzlies win, they could be looking at locking in the eight seed. Um, one game closer to locking into the eight seed, I guess. That will probably be the one that tells us because I think that'll be the Pelicans' third game because they've already had one. I think they have the Clippers. Yep. Um, today, Saturday, and now that will be this will be the one you're talking about. That'll be the game that tells us if they're trying to make the playoffs or not. If they're not trying to make the playoffs, and they'll keep doing what they're doing with Zion, because they're probably going to lose to the Clippers, yep. right? So it's like, all right, you've lost two now. So if you lose three, you're out. Like you're just done at that point. But if you win it, you play Zion a little more, you have a chance um, of still getting to the playoffs. And it's against the Grizzlies who have the spot you're trying to take. So yeah, that'll be the telling game for New Orleans. Um, my first game of the week is Bucks Rockets oh. Sunday, um, August second, nightcap. Or evening game, seven thirty. Um, I, I feel like uh, Chris Middleton will have a bounce back game, but uh, Giannis is gonna dunk it over. That's just if we're, what we were talking about with Chris Stops just now. Giannis is gonna be like, I'll do it fifty times again. Yeah, give me Brook Lopez. Come here. <laughs> screen, <laughs> give me a screen. Switch. I'm switching on to James Harden every yeah. single time, yeah. right? So, um, that's it. Now we talked about the Mavericks and the Rockets being like mirrors. Now we're talking about basically opposites. Yeah. Of each other. Um, so I think that'll be a fun one to see, especially the Rockets having to bounce back from playing the Mavs and the Bucks having to bounce back from playing the Celtics. Like those are two tough games. Now here's your next one. <laughs> like that's brutal. <laughs> But that's how it is in the in the bubble. Is you basically don't get an easy game. It's essentially. Like, I mean, we said it before, but they're all playoff teams, so yeah. it's all de facto playoff game mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, I love that. Um, my next game is involves the Mavericks, Clippers, Mavericks on Thursday, um, August sixth uh, at five thirty. Um, little mid afternoon game or late afternoon yeah. game there. Um, I think it, it's just going to be interesting to see how uh, Dallas kind of bounce back because if they um, if they <laughs> if they get uh, 
if they get a win against the Clippers, that could be big momentum-wise for them. Yeah. Uh, but I would also like to see Kawhi and PG yeah. bounce back from that loss and from the Lakers. Big big jumble in the middle of the West. Yeah. So contort yourself out. Um, my last one is end of the week Friday, uh, August seventh, eight p.m. Celtics Raptors. Mm. Again, these are these are big games for the standings. Um, if you get the two or the three, which doesn't really matter, maybe not since Indiana um, no, lost the crowd, bonus. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but still, it's again these are good like barometers for like where are you at. Um, and again with Tatum, I'm gonna stay on and him until I see it differently. Like that team's got size, so. What are you going to do when you've got Ananobi on you and then Abaka and um, Pascal getting thrown Pascal on the lane? Yeah, what are you going to do? Marcus all. So, yeah. So, that's what that's where I'm at. I want to see um I know it's a few games out still, but bounce back. How's this Tatum thing going to go? What are we going to see from Kemba? And then Toronto like what's Toronto looking like? We haven't seen them yet. So, um, they de- debut today, um, Saturday. So Against the Lakers. Yep. So, that'll be a fun one, too. I, there are a lot of good games to choose from because, again, every game's basically playoff teams. So Yeah. We're, we're going to go – well, I'm going to go watch the end of uh, the rest of this Nuggets heat game because I want to see what Jokic looks like yeah. against Adebayo. Right now, taking him to the post. He's up and under on him. Give him that and one ref. So, um, yeah, I know that's not a foul, but everything else <laughs> was. Um, maybe they got a... They got a memo from the league saying <laughs> tone it down. Yeah, please. I, um, I'm for it. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to our ramblings. We are now uh, at an hour and 30 minutes, hey. which, which we haven't had in a while. All of our podcasts have been pretty... Uh, pretty shorter yeah well the refs had to make up for lost time and so did we so here we are <laughs> we're we're uh prolonging this podcast like college basketball basketball prolongs the last Ooh. two minutes of their basketball Ooh. games uh and on that spicy take uh we'll see you back for episode 75 uh next week yeah.